February 22nd. Our reading today in the New Testament will be from the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 through 29. The servant, capital S, cannot work. His neighbors were amazed at what Jesus said and did. But Jesus was amazed at their unbelief that would not let him do more. Our Lord's response to their unbelief was to send out His disciples to minister. Herod silenced one voice, but he could not silence the Word of God. There have been powerful governments throughout generations that have tried to stamp out the Word of God, indeed have tried to stamp out God's people. If you could stamp out the Jewish people, then that would prove that God really did not exist. But of course He does exist and the Jewish people survived even the uh, the horror of the Holocaust. And throughout the ages, there have been those who have tried to stamp out God's Word. Isn't it amazing that the God of love would be so feared by power-hungry men who are only going to live here for a very short time anyway? Nothing or no one will ever silence the Word of God. The Word says that even heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word will stand forever. That's a promise that you can count on. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the Word here in the New Testament. February 22nd, Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 29. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with His disciples to Nazareth, His hometown. The next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They asked, Where did he get all his wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? He's just the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any mighty miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went out from village to village teaching, and he called his twelve disciples together and sent them out two by two with authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing with them except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He told them to wear sandals, but not to take even an extra coat. When you enter each village, be a guest in only one home, he said. And if a village won't welcome you or listen to you, shake off its dust from your feet as you leave. It is a sign that you have abandoned that village to its fate. So the disciples went out, telling all they met to turn from their sins, and they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. Herod Antipas the king soon heard about Jesus because people everywhere were talking about him. Some were saying, This must be John the Baptist come back to life again. That is why he can do such miracles. Others thought Jesus was the ancient prophet Elijah. Still others thought he was a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, 
He said, John, the man I beheaded has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John kept telling Herod, It is illegal for you to marry your brother's wife. Herodias was enraged and wanted John killed in revenge. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless. And Herod respected John, knowing that he was a good and holy man. So he kept him under his protection. Herod was disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Herodias's chance finally came. It was Herod's birthday, and he gave a party for his palace aides, army officers, and the leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased them all. Ask me for anything you like, the king said to the girl, and I will give it to you. Then he promised, I will give you whatever you ask, up to half of my kingdom. She went out and asked her mother, What should I ask for? Her mother told her, Ask for John the Baptist's head. So the girl hurried back to the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist, right now, on a tray. Then the king was very sorry, but he was embarrassed to break his oath in front of his guests. So he sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison, brought his head on a tray, and gave it to the girl, who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came for his body and buried it in a tomb. Psalm 39, verses 1 through 13. God's silence to David. We'll read about that. David had sinned, and God was correcting him. Chastening is a sign of God's love. So submit to his will and let him have his way. God had been silent to David, and that worried him. Was he going to die? We'll read about David's silence to God. David was silent before the Lord and did not argue with him. David accepted God's will and submitted meekly. He prayed that God would forgive him and help him. And God answered in his mercy. And then we'll also read about David's silence before the wicked. When wicked men came to visit him in his sickness, David tried to be silent before them, but he finally had to speak and remind himself and them that man was frail and life was short. Life is only a hand breadth long, a vapor that comes and goes, and a mere shadow. We're strangers and sojourners, and the journey is not a long one. Why gather riches when you cannot take them with you when you go? Silence sometimes is louder than speech. Know when to speak, and know when to be silent. And he says this, Father, such is my love to this one person, and my pity for them. After they've broken every command, he still says, such is my love and such is my pity. 
proud men say, I don't want your pity. You need His pity. You need His pity. We are pitiful. He says, such is my love to and pity for them that rather than they shall perish eternally, I will be responsible for them as their guarantee. Bring in all thy bills, Father, that I may see what they owe thee. Now, sometimes a young man will get married and after he gets married, he'll start getting a little shaky on his commitment. He said, I had no idea marriage was this tough. I don't know if this is really what I what I'm made to do. You see, he was boasting about how much he would love this girl. He had no idea the commitment he was going to have to make. But that is not true with Christ. Here he says to the Father, Father, bring in everything they owe thee. Let me see it. Imagine this. He sees everything that you owe justice. He doesn't go to that cross blindly. He doesn't get on the cross and say, No, Father, I don't want to do this. I didn't know it would cost so much. He knew from eternity how much it would cost Him, and yet He still did it. But listen to this. Bring in all thy bills that I may see what they owe thee. Lord, bring them all in. Now listen, believers, if this doesn't make you so happy, you weep or cry out for joy, you're not understanding what I'm saying. He says, bring in all the bills. Bring them all in that there may be no after reckonings with them. Do you see what he's saying? Bring in every one of their bills from the time they were born to the time they die. Everything they owe thee, Father. Bring them all in. I want to see them all, and on that tree, I want to pay for them all there so that you never have to deal with them again with regard to their sin. Do you see that, believer? He never has to deal with you again. It's over. All your crimes are paid for. Your crimes in the past, your crimes in the present, your crimes you're going to commit in the future all of them paid for. And some people say, well, if you tell that to people, they'll just sin. No, they won't. Not true believers. Carnal, wicked, lost church members will hear that and go on sinning. But believers will say, if His love is like that, if He has set me free completely, I'm His. I don't want to sin anymore. I don't want to sin anymore. You see, brothers, That's what leads to holiness. That's why the gospel is called the mystery of godliness. You see that? It's the thing that produces godliness in the believer. Yes, there are commands and there are rules, but that's not what makes us godly. What makes us godly is knowing that Jesus died and that He died for me. And when He died, He paid for every sin past, present, and future. And God will never again, never call me into His judgment hall to judge me. Never again. I'm free. I'm free. Oh, thank God I'm free. And you say, but Brother Paul, it says that there's going to be a judgment for a believer. Yeah, but listen to this. In that judgment, when you look up into the the judge's face, It will be your father. It will be your brother. 
the one who judges you is the one who died for you. Don't you see that? You're free. You're free. No guilt. Always come to him. Always go back to him. Always run to him. You're free. You finally walked through a door that no one in this world knows anything about. It's unconditional love. You're just loved and it can't be changed now because of that perfect work of Christ on that tree on your behalf. Christ so loved you, so loved his bride that he who was ruler of all things, the heir of the universe and beyond, he became a servant because of his love for his bride because of his love for you as individuals. Psalm 39, verses 1 through 13. For Jeduthun, the choir director, a psalm of David. I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will curb my tongue when the ungodly are around me. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew to the bursting point. My thoughts grew hot within me and began to burn, igniting a fire of words. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeting away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap wealth for someone else to spend. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Rescue me from my rebellion, for even fools mock me when I rebel. I am silent before you. I won't say a word, for my punishment is from you. Please don't punish me any more. I am exhausted by the blows from your hand. When you discipline people for their sins, their lives can be crushed like the life of a moth. Human existence is as frail as breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears, for I am your guest, a traveler passing through, as my ancestors were before me. Spare me so I can smile again before I am gone and exist no more. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 10. People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. Peace.